assalamu alaikum um i realized that in my mini intro video that i didn't say salam to you guys and that's really funny because i'm pretty sure that majority if not everyone that has listened or follows me on instagram is muslim so assalamu alaikum um for anyone that is non-muslim it is the islamic greeting of peace so yeah Anyway, um, welcome to the first proper episode of my podcast. By the way, I realise that I say anyway a lot, so I might actually change the name of this podcast to that. Still deciding on the name or the permanent name. So I thought that in this intro um, or initial episode, sorry, um, that I wouldn't really have much structure and I'd just talk about what I've been up to in the past six months is it six months yeah um what i've been up to during lockdown just whatever's been happening and just anything notable that i want to bring up um so right now i'm just um sat drinking my green tea out of my dwight mug if there's any office fans hi um yeah so yeah i thought that i would talk a bit about how lockdown has been, I know people have talked about coronavirus to death, but I just thought I'd talk about it from the perspective of the things me as a normal Muslim woman has gotten up to, um, and just to add a little bit about um, productivity and releasing or linking that to your self-worth and why you shouldn't do it. Um, so we've been in lockdown since I think March, um, and it's really crazy because when you look at the world now, a year ago you would never have even been able to imagine this. Um, I've never really lived through a pandemic. I don't think any of us have. Um, we've not really lived through anything like this. It's all very new to us. And when you look at the landscape of the world now, it's just completely different. Our behaviours are different. The things we're doing are different. All because of the coronavirus. So since then, I would say initially it was not um, a really hard adjustment for me in terms of staying indoors and, um, you know, not going out too much because... I would say that I'm a bit of a homebody. Um, I like my own company and I like being indoors. <laughs> I could stay indoors for days on end without leaving. But I would say that as the months went on, um, not only did constant exposure to the news, social media about number of deaths, number of coronavirus cases, um, increase your anxiety, it also kind of, well, for me anyway, it kind of stopped me from going out. Oh, and also, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I'm pretty sure I did have coronavirus. So my husband and I, we went on honeymoon in March. And um, this is before, <clears throat> this is before every, well, the world had gone into lockdown or England anyway. Um, yeah, we went um, on honeymoon for 10 days. And after about day three, I felt very ill. Um, now, I wasn't tested at the time because they weren't doing mass testings. I think at the time when I came back to the UK, um, all you were meant to do was call 111 and they would listen to what symptoms you have and unless you're in critical condition, I, don't, I think they would just say, or they did just say, um, self-isolate. <clears throat> so 
yeah, I just felt very ill. Um, the only way I could describe it is I felt like I had a bit of, not a bit, I thought I had a chest infection and I've never had a chest infection in my life. So I was only, it's the only thing I could liken it to um, because, you know, I've known people who have had it and the way they've described it, I felt like that's what my symptoms were like. Anyway, I mean, it didn't completely ruin my honeymoon. It was just not pleasant, to say the least. Um, so, yeah, I came back and, yeah, because I was still ill, um, you kind of know you have anxiety about going out and then if you recover and getting ill again. But obviously you're worried about infecting other people. So, honestly, I would say about for two, three months I didn't really go out. I didn't really see my sister-in-law that much or my nieces um, or niece at the time. Um yeah, so it's really crazy when I think back to the fact that I potentially did have coronavirus because obviously at the time, even I didn't take it, not that I didn't take it seriously, it's just I didn't really know that much about it and how severe the consequences could have been. And only in hindsight do I appreciate my own immune system, first of all, and the fact that like, I'm grateful to myself that I'm, you know, I don't think I do or consume that much that should ruin or um like destabilize my immune system in any way. So alhamdulillah, like I was so grateful because obviously you hear about people dying, um and you know, there being a lot more severe consequences for some people and it just makes you think that wow, that could have been me. That could have been me who ended up in hospital on a the respiration system that could have been me who like that could have been me that died I know it sounds really morbid but I don't know it did and maybe not at the time but definitely in hindsight made me think about how your life kind of just hangs in the balance like you don't know and look it's a virus it's something we can't even see with our naked eye and this is what's basically crippled the world crippled nations and crippled us the people that have, have had it um and yeah it just it really does make you reflect on how short life can be and how quickly your life can change so yeah that's my experience with potentially having coronavirus to this day I'll never know if I did although I mean I think they they are coming out with um I think an antibody test which will tell you if you've had it or not but yeah so I was talking about the things I've been getting up to during lockdown so um, my husband and I, we actually moved into our own flat um, at the start of lockdown and it has been interesting because when we moved into our flat, that's when people were clearing out the supermarkets. Um, so when we were trying to do flat shopping, trying to buy groceries, trying to buy normal household things, we weren't able to or we had to kind of make do with whatever it is that we could find because everything had been wiped off the shelves so prime example being um just general foods you would eat like pasta or things you would use like toilet roll um it's really crazy because at the time I remember thinking that wow like people are so selfish um and even the people that aren't selfish it's like you're driven to well, I'm sure some people were driven to start hoarding because you realise that, okay, if you've got kids and a family to feed and there's all these other selfish people taking all the food, taking all the household items that you will need on a week-to-week or month-to-month basis, then 
you know that you still have to feed your family, so you kind of end up stocking up yourself too. Anyway, I just remember thinking, wow, like, what is wrong with people? Because why... What If everyone had taken what it is that they needed, there would have been more than enough to go around for everyone because there usually is on normal days, you know, supermarkets don't go around running out of things every day. So just the fact that there were so many people out there who thought, let me take this, at least I'll have it and no one else can. Like, that's really sad when you think about it. Um, It made me reflect on the fact that we kind of live in a very individualistic society um, where we don't really think about our neighbours that much. We don't really think about the people who um, w- will have been affected by your um, hoarding, for example. Because, um, yeah, if you're a well-off person or someone who, you know, generally can afford groceries or can afford to buy a month's worth of groceries and household items in one go, then good for you but just not having any regard for the fact that there were people out there who they could only survive um week to week they can't they can only they only have enough money and enough income to buy their groceries for that week or those few days and for those people you know when they were going to the supermarket they were unable to find their kids nappies and things like that it just it was really sad for me and it made me think a lot about human nature and how Obviously, I'm a bit of an idealist, and I realise that we don't live in that kind of world, but Islam does tell us to think about your own neighbours, to think about your community, and I felt like, especially at the height of lockdown, that people just disregarded that completely. Um, And I also read a news article, a few news articles, where, you know, people were coming out saying, oh, my God, I bought all of this, and now it's going to waste, because obviously they went around buying fresh produce, um fruit, vegetables, and, you know, max they last is a week. Um, So, yeah, it just... It was just really... Everything went to waste, really. Um, Anyway. Um, So, it was interesting to kind of move into our own flat and make do with whatever it is that we had and could find. Um, And on top of that, job hunting during coronavirus has been interesting to say the least um so my professional background is in um law so I did a law degree and um for those that are familiar with the legal profession I've also done the LPC which is a legal practice course for people that intend on becoming a solicitor um yeah so I was looking for my background is in conveyancing which is property law dealing with the um, ins and outs of buying and selling a house. Um, that's where a majority of my experience is. So that's the area that I was looking in. And having moved from up north to down south, where I'd been told, oh, there are so many job 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 opportunities. Um, you know, there's a lot bigger of a jobs market down here. I have found it really difficult to find a job. Um, and not for want of trying. And I have, I would say, a decent amount of experience that. I could have got a majority of the jobs that I'd applied for had I been up north, I think, anyway. But obviously because of people being on the furlough scheme, because of people being, or um, just everyone being under lockdown, that there have been mass redundancies. So 
Whereas before, I may have been competing with, say, 10, 20, even 100 people for a particular paralegal role. Now I'm um, competing with hundreds, sometimes thousands of people. And the thing is, a lot of these people are even more experienced than I am. A lot of people have years of um, being even a solicitor. The other day, actually, I saw someone um, post about a paralegal job that she wanted to apply for, and um, she was she showed the job advert, and she it basically said that this is for a paralegal role. So a paralegal isn't a solicitor. So a paralegal pretty much can do everything except, you know, the role of a solicitor. I mean, sorry. So a paralegal can do a majority of things a solicitor can do. It's just you don't have that qualification. Um, you've not been qualified or registered with the SRA, and you haven't done your training contract. Um, so I was asking for a paralegal, and bearing in mind you don't you don't even need to necessarily have a law degree to become a paralegal. You can just become a paralegal through work experience, and sometimes the minimum is you know you may need a law degree. And this job advert was asking for candidates who had a number of years of experience post-qualification. That means they've been a solicitor, so they've done their law degree, they've done their LPC, which can last a year, part-time, two to three years, and they've done their training contract. Training contracts are like gold dust. So, yeah, it was asking for two to three years post-qualification, and I was just really astounded by that. But then when I reflect on my own experiences I'm like mate that's not any different to what I've been seeing online um so yeah the jobs market is crazy I think I've never really found myself in the situation where I've applied for jobs and either they've not got back to me or I've been rejected um not to toot my own horn but I feel like I've in man where I'm from in Manchester um you know majority of jobs I applied for I was going to use for and pretty much always got a job offer for so it is a unique set of circumstances and I feel like it's Allah's way of teaching me humility and also patience that not everything will go according to your plan and that you know you shouldn't really get complacent just because things go a certain way 80% of the time doesn't mean they will 100% of the time so yeah job hunting has been interesting I am still trying still interviewing but you know, and I'm just grateful that at least one of us, i.e. my husband, is still in a stable job, alhamdulillah. I know that a lot of people at the moment, um, sorry, I know that a lot of people at the moment, you know, finding it really difficult financially, so alhamdulillah, um, I'm all right at the moment, but yeah, make the all for me, guys, because I need a job, <laughs> Um, so yeah, besides job hunting, what else have I been up to? Um, yeah, I have tried to, you know, pick up a few hobbies. So I'm a really, well, I used to be an avid reader. I always tell people that I am in the hopes that I will start reading a lot more, but it never works. Um, so throughout my life, I have been an avid reader, got loads of books, by loads, I mean hundreds. Um and I do, I love reading. Um in twenty nineteen I think I read over twenty books and that was the most I'd read in a number of years. So when I was in high school, when I was in college, I think no, I'm pretty sure I used to read quite a bit. I used to go to the library really often and at the library you they would allow you to take a maximum of eight books and I always had to 
I'd walk around with all these books in my hands and then have to put stuff back because I needed to limit it to eight. And then, um, yeah, when I started uni, I just, I don't know, I fell off my reading habit. Not because I didn't love reading. Like, if anyone was asking me even now, I would say that I love reading and I would recommend it to everyone. But I think because with law, it's so heavy... Um, it's so heavily based on textbook reading, reading judgments, reading cases that the thought of staring at a book after you have all day is just really not appealing. The thought of reading for pleasure was just not something I wanted to do. Um, so yeah, I did. I fell out of the habit of reading, and then I'd pick it up again during the summers after uni. But I would say that I've not been consistently reading for a while. Um, however, last year I just. I'd kind of had enough. Um, I knew how much joy reading brought me and I just thought I'm holding all of these books. I love buying books by the way. I feel like that's a separate hobby on its own. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just looked at my bookshelves and thought, why am I buying all of these things if I'm not reading them? So I gave myself an aim. I wanted to read, um, I think it was a book a month or two books a month. And I just really got into it. I think what um increased my numbers was I think I read a trilogy and a few series or first and second books of series and it was just a really enjoyable experience. So this year, um, my aim was to again try and read two books a month um, and I just failed miserably and I'm not sure why. I think obviously initially getting married, just settling into marriage, I feel like I didn't really have time for reading. Um, although, I mean, um, obviously I did have time for reading, I just didn't make it a priority. Um, so, yeah, when um, lockdown first happened, I thought, oh, you know, now's my time, I have free time, let me start. But I just, I'd start a book, feel a bit uninspired, put it down. And the thing is, all of the books I have are books that I'm super excited to read, not just at the time when I'd bought it, but even now when I look at the books I've got, I think, oh my god, I can't wait to read this, I can't wait to read this. But I feel like the excuse I use is that I'm not really in the mood for it, so I don't want to read it now when I'm kind of half in the mood and then not enjoy it as much as I could if I was in the mood for that book, so that just prevents me from reading. Um, But I have read one book so far it's called Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine Um, I think I posted about this on my stories on Instagram um it's a book about a girl um she's a bit of a so social outcast bit um she has social anxiety she doesn't really um interact with many people and she has a certain routine that she follows every single day, every single week, and it just never changes. And then just, um, you know, she starts putting herself out there, and you just learn a bit more about her backstory. Um, it was a really good book. I read it, honestly, within the space of a few days. And it was just really, really good. Um, it talked a lot about loneliness and what it means to have friends and to kind of be a part of society. And also just talked about childhood trauma and how that can affect the way you are in your adult life um anyway this isn't a book review I'm just saying it was a good book um and I just thought that that would kind of get me out of my reading slump and I'd be really into reading again but I feel like I haven't been because I haven't really picked anything up since so yeah that's my one and only read of 2020 um so besides trying to read um 
mainly I've just been watching things, which is so bad, I know, because me and my friend always have this conversation that we say we love to read, but reading is uh, an activity that takes effort, whereas, for example, watching something, it's such a passive thing. You can consume media um, via your screens, by watching things, just a lot more easier than it is to sit there and actually read a book. Um, yeah, so I have been watching things uh, both with my husband and alone. So some of the things I've been watching. So when I was in uni, I used to love binge-watching shows. I used to, I don't know if anyone remembers, um, like Vampire Diaries, Pretty Little Liars, um, Nikita. I feel like no one in my life has ever watched Nikita besides me, but that was a good show. It was a spy show. Um, what else, Nikita? Oh, I used to love watching Suits. Um... I'm not sure if I used to watch anything. There were loads of things I used to watch, and I used to love binge-watching them. Um, however, I feel like as I've gotten older, just the, my ability to binge-watch has just diminished, and I'm kind of glad for it, because the idea of just sitting there files on and watching things just, I don't know, it just bores me a bit. I feel like <laughs> I'm trying to make it seem like, oh, my God, I don't like wasting time, but really that's not why. I feel like my attention span is a lot worse than it used to be. Now the max number of episodes I can watch, well, it differs, and it depends on whether it's a comedy show, you know, where the episodes are, like, 20 minutes long, or whether it's, like, a drama where the episodes are, like, 40 to 50 minutes. If it's the shorter episodes, so comedy shows like The Office or Friday Night Dinner, I would say I can watch about three of those before I just start getting bored. And not because I don't like the show, I just, ugh, I just, I get sick of hearing the same thing. I get sick of seeing the same thing. And um, Whereas if it's a longer show, honestly, I can watch one and a half episodes max. It's really funny because my husband is a serial binge, serial binge watcher. So he, if he gets into a show, he will have it on all day. And I get so sick of it. <laughs> There have been several times where I'd be like, please, please, either watch this on your phone and put headphones in or just turn it off because I just get sick of hearing and seeing the same thing. I don't know if anyone else is like that. I'm probably just a weirdo. Um, but yeah, I have been watching things. So generally, um, I just re-watch my favourite shows because I feel like I've become a lot more picky when it comes to watching things. There aren't that many shows out there at the moment that I'm into watching so generally when I do watch stuff I will watch The Office this year was the first year where I watched Friday Night Dinner which is hilarious so that was really fun so I watched that by myself and then with my husband as well I rewatched it um oh recently as in like last week we finished watching um uh Prison Break um I rewatched Prison Breaks Prison Break is one of my favourite shows of all time. Um, if anyone else is a fan, let me know. We can discuss it. Um, but my husband wanted to rewatch it and I love the show, so I wasn't going to say no to that. So we rewatched that. That was really fun. Um, oh, recently, the, the only like new show that I've watched is Money Heist. Um, I know that when it first came on Netflix, there was a lot of hype surrounding it, but... I just didn't feel that compelled to watch it, firstly because it wasn't in English and I've never really watched any shows that are in a foreign language where either I um, listen to it in dubbed English or I, watch, I read the subtitles. 
um so yeah we eventually got on to watching it because everyone kept telling us to and it was fantastic it was a really good show um it reminded me a lot of prison break not necessarily because of the premise also although i mean some of the premise is quite similar but just the characters the ensemble cast i just really enjoyed it i thought they all worked really well together and the storylines were unique enough in each season so i really like that um and yeah that's all i've been watching actually oh and also master chef master chef is like not my guilty pleasure because I don't feel guilty watching it. Like I will let everyone know that I love Master Chef, but when they put it on Netflix, um, I started watching it with my husband. So I always used to tell him that I love Master Chef, and I don't think he's ever seen it or watched it properly anyway. So just in the evenings where we don't really want to watch anything that requires, you know, much engagement or thought, we'll put on Master Chef, and I love watching that I feel like it's such a wholesome show literally all they do is cook and you just get to look at all these nice dishes um although I'm always perplexed because there's hardly ever any um Asian chefs on there and if they are they always get knocked out um in the initial stages and I'm like there is no way that they're not as good as their non-Asian counterparts but I'm yet to see um an Asian chef go through and I feel like all of the kind of, I want to say white, but English chefs, the di- dishes, they all look the same. I assume they taste the same. There's just no colour. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's what I've been watching. Um, and then have I ever done any other creative things? Not really. I've not really been on Instagram that much in terms of like doing my own posts. I'm just not really motivated to write or take pictures or post anything. So generally, I've just been sharing memes. <laughs> um, but that's it, really. I don't think I've really been up to that much else. I mean, obviously, as I got better and the months went on, we started interacting with our families a lot more. So going over, seeing my um, sister-in-law, so my husband's sister and our nieces. So that's been really nice. Um it makes you realise that, wow, like, when it's, when you're at home and it's just you and your immediate family, like, you can feel a bit isolated when, you're, when you don't have the ability to interact with other people. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to during quarantine. So, what have you guys been up to during these past five, six months? Have you taken up any creative hobbies or have have you done anything out of the ordinary? Um, let me know. You can DM me on Instagram or even, I think, send messages through Anchor. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, so I think I'll bring this episode to a close. I mean, there wasn't really much rhyme or reason to it. I just kind of wanted to talk about what I'd been up to. Um, my next few episodes will have a bit more structure. Um, so just to give you a bit of a snippet into what's to come, um, I do want to start a series where I go through a particular book. Maybe each episode that I release in that series will be about a particular chapter or a number of chapters and just my thoughts on it. So the book I was thinking of discussing is Purification of the Heart by Hamza Yusuf. It's one of my favourite books of all time. I believe it 
has changed my life um so i would love to share that with you guys so if you are interested let me know if you have any suggestions for any other books maybe doing like a read along i think that would be really interesting but i'll wait to hear from you guys on that um so on that note i shall speak to you in the next episode assalamu alaikum bye